3: What is up all you rockers, rockets and everything in between, everything that there is, is ever was. You have joined us for a new edition of and the podcast will rock. Welcome back to the show. And if it's your first time here, hello. Glad you stumbled upon us. Let me give you a little rundown about what we do. We are the unofficial slash official show that dives into the catalog and discography of one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time, Van Halen. We do it one track at a time. I am your co-host, Mark Kamire, joining with me as always, Corey said Corey, are you ready? Are you feeling the the summer fever as it, has it
0: finally hits Saskatchewan? I'm, I'm actually feeling quite bad uh, because uh, we sent all of our wildfire smoke uh, to New York City today. And it was very orange and very gross in New York. And that's how it was here a couple of weeks ago, if you remember, Mark. I remember I showed Mm -hmm. you a picture uh, of how the sky was looking around these parks. That's all now moved to the East Coast. So uh, John Mariano, I don't think, is very happy with me for sending all the smoke his way. So I feel bad about that, and I apologize for that. Uh, I also wanted to give a a special shout-out on tonight's show uh, to our good friend, Sean McGinnity, uh, who's been going through kind of a rough patch. And um, he's got a tough day tomorrow. His best friend uh, and doggy companion, uh, Luna is going to be crossing that rainbow bridge tomorrow. And uh, I just want to read a little passage he sent me today. Uh, he said sure. uh, he he would always listen to the show when he was out walking Luna. It was the thing that they did every single week. He'd say, come on, Luna, this one's running long. Let's go take another spin around the block. And then he said, thanks for, he uh, thanked us for running long. So meant he got more time with Luna on those walks. So uh, Sean, uh, you're, you're definitely in our thoughts here tonight and Luna as well. Uh, She was the best girl. And uh, I'm sorry that uh, as you hear this on Friday, uh, it'll be the day after, but um, I just wanted to send this one out to to Sean and Luna two uh, devoted listeners of the show and uh, God bless you to Sean and Luna. Yeah. uh,
3: Big hearts, thoughts, everything with you, Sean. Appreciate uh, you sending that in regardless of uh, the, the circumstances, man. So be thinking about you. So, Uh, but so with that, uh, I guess with that in mind, we should, we owe it to, to him and we owe it to Luna to put on a great show. And Cora, you and I, we do shows, uh, together just ourselves pretty. Okay. I think we do it all right, but it's It's even better. Yeah. I mean, I would say, uh, slightly above average, maybe just only slightly, but it really, uh, it's it's a wonder uh the shows that we come out with when we have awesome guests joining us. And we do have an awesome guest joining us. In fact, we have a frequenter uh joining us with us on the show, uh, uh our Patreon uh uh c- collaborator slash just big fan, all around good dude, Josh Codwell. How you doing, Josh? Welcome back to the show.
1: Fantastic. Uh the quick turnaround. I'm I'm so pleased that we're willing to have you back so quickly.
3: You are yeah. uh, you. You've joined the ranks as kind of uh, unofficial official member uh, of the uh, of the main panel. So there you go,
1: pantheon of the preferable prisoners. Exactly.
3: <laughs> I like that. Right. That's good stuff. Yeah, so Josh is on the last yeah. two
0: from the live show, and then uh, uh, here tonight. And then he's back in a couple of weeks uh, with our new uh, twenty dollar patron. Uh, maybe we should give our patrons a shout out there, Mister Mark. We should give our patrons shout out. We should absolutely do that. So real quick at the top of the list, Uh, by
3: the way, you guys, uh, we do have a Patreon. We've talked about it uh, at nauseum at this point, but Hey, I'm going to keep mentioning it just in case uh, you didn't hear me the first couple of hundred times, we have a Patreon. And if you want to go over there and check it out, find a tier for you. I guarantee you we have something that's going to be uh, pretty fun. Um, or if you just want to kick some support our way, we're definitely not going to be mad at that. And we thank you. Here's uh, just a list of our, our Patreons that uh, contribute to us Matt Lacasse, our buddy Nate from the Deep Purple Podcast, Rave Flave, who was on the live show. Hello, Rave Flave, And of course, Josh, as I mentioned, aforementioned Josh, uh, Greg Zito, uh, Chaz Mataz, a.k.a. Ch- uh, Chaz Charles, Sean McGinnity, Kevin Brown, Per Lineker. Scott Monroe, Ryan Powell, and of course, uh, our new Patreon, Michael Griffiths. Thank you uh, so much, you guys. Oh, and uh, don't forget Jeff Brewer as well. And Jeff Brewer, oh, of course. I was saving the best for last. I would never there you go, Jeff Brewer. There you <laughs> are, Jeff Brewer. So thank you, everyone, for your contributions, your continued contributions, keeping the support alive, keeping the lights on, and... Uh, Again, you guys, if you're not on our Patreon, go give it a gander. Go take a look. I guarantee you, we have something that is right for you. So there you have it. All right, moving quite a long, uh, Corey. There is got to be something going on in Van Halen news. I just, I just call
0: it a hunch. What do you think uh, is going down? Well there there's a few articles on the Van Halen news desk of course we recommend everybody go check out uh, www.vhnd.com to get all your Van Halen news oh we got audio from Van Halen's uh, show from Ipswich England May 1978 that was really cool uh the complete performance from the US US festival of course that celebrated 40 years uh, so why don't you go check that out. There's also a link uh, for the first two episodes of the Van Halen 1984 documentary, which is really, really incredibly well done. Uh, I'm really impressed that just a fan in his spare time decided to make this all-encompassing uh, documentary about Van Halen in 1984 and did a fantastic job. Uh, new episodes, I believe, dropping uh, one a week now. So hopefully, episode three is on its way. Uh, we also got a great article about uh, Wolfie. Of course, his new uh, mammoth album is set to drop in August, and he says that the original Frankenstrat guitar is going to be making its return on the track take a bow from that Mm. album. Not only the Frankenstrad, but actually uh, not just the guitar, but also the original Marshall head that he used for the original Van Halen albums and one of the original cabinets. So basically everything he used for the original classic albums. And he said, I'll read this quote verbatim. And you can hear that on certain bends. It's kind of crazy. There's certain notes where it's like, wow, that literally sounds like like Van Halen 1. It's crazy. (laughs) I'm not mad about that. That is if that's not
3: enough to lure you in and be like, uh, I'm if I wasn't curious about this album now, uh, I certainly am. Um, That's going to make a lot of uh, old school and uh, particular Van Halen uh, fans out there very, very happy. But hey, I'm one as well. I've been looking forward to new mammoth stuff for a good while now. And uh, that is just uh, just a little extra flavoring you know, just to get you uh, in the mood for such a meal. I cannot wait to hear that album. Cannot wait to hear the sound that he talks about because Van Halen one. That's classic. I mean, that's it, it. That's the one that starts it all for most of us for this journey, uh, especially, but I mean, it's it, that album still to me withstands the test of time. Um,
1: Josh, I know i a Van Halen a- two
0: guy, but yeah. yeah, well, one and two are pretty close. Uh, Josh, yes. are you a fan of, uh, of Mammoth?
1: I am. I am. Um, I'm curious to hear uh, how it's evolved, you know, from one album to the next. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly, he's had a pretty good touring cycle behind it. And uh, he's actually, I guess, did some touring in between sessions. So uh, I'm curious to hear how it how it all turns out.
0: Yeah, he's he's uh, doing some shows with Metallica on their No Repeat Weekend Tour. He uh, did a tour with Ultra Bridge. So, yeah, he's certainly keeping busy. Uh, Let's see what else we got. Uh, Sammy commemorated uh, the 35th anniversary of OU-812 uh, by sharing a performance of When It's Love from the 95 Balance Tour. That was actually really cool. And uh, David Lee Roth, everybody's favorite, David Lee Roth, released another solo recording, this time of Atomic Punk. But uh, earlier in the month, we didn't get to this yet, he released like a little uh, interpretive dance video on his YouTube channel. He's done this for a couple of songs, but he has this little clip here. Uh, called Atomic to his uh, solo version of Atomic Punk. I just wanted to play it for you here, real quick. It's 21 seconds long. This is David Lee Roth from his YouTube channel with Atomic. Well, so, that's yeah, that, special. That's a thing he did.
3: <laughs> yeah, that exists. That's, that's, uh, a. Yeah. um, for those of you that cannot see what we saw, uh, please go check that out for yourself. Very quick little clip of David Lee Roth, Atomic. Uh, and then, uh, for the lurkers, uh, in the chat, if you didn't see that before, I hope you had fun with that because I have, I don't know what to make of that. Josh, what do you make of that?
1: <laughs> uh, it looks like a holdover from the, uh, no holes. Barbecue or whatever that was that was out a number of years ago, uh, you know. Uh, it, it, everything with Dave, I think, it has to come with interpretive.
3: <laughs> you know, oh um, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I, I don't think I, I think it'd be hard to really nail anything down and give it an apt description of what I just saw right now. And, uh, <laughs> hey, he's got ton on I'm here. Lying, but.
0: Uh, he really does. This one interests me. Friends in low places. Let's see what that's like. Cause I got
2: friends
0: in- oh no. So, so grandpa get away from the camcorder you don't need to put this on youtube it's like i got this great idea i'm gonna play a garth Brooks song i'm gonna buy a whopper and i'm gonna offer it to a fake dog
3: you know this whole i was thinking maybe he did uh just a quick clip uh covering friends in low places
1: that's what i thought this was gonna that's what be. i thought too yeah that's did, not did, at all what that was <laughs> with the camo did he hunt down the Doordash driver yeah like uh, <laughs> buried somewhere i mean
3: yeah, for the, for those that couldn't see that, he's he's decked out in camo gear like he's like he's gone hunting. And as someone who lives in the the United States South, uh, that's like a standard look. But I'm I'm confused as to the context behind it because yeah, it looked like uh, he ordered Burger King from Uber Eats, and mm-hmm. what well, I, I don't I don't get it. I don't get any of what just, what just happened. I get that less than uh, that uh, uh, shorter segment we saw at the top. Like, I don't, (laughs) what's he doing? Like, what is, what is Dave? What are you doing? (laughs) If you're, if you're listening out there, Dave, I just got to know, man, well, first of all, um, thank you for your contributions to music and rock and roll. Second, what are you doing? I just, just do the I don't sky know.
0: in your world. Like we, we got to get the DLR cast guys back on the show and just ask them like, are you checking oh out my the God, YouTube yeah. channel? Cause we don't get what grandpa Dave is doing anymore. Well, yeah, please. Uh, uh if, and Hey, if the guys in the
3: DLR cast are listening, please uh, drop us a line. Uh, and then let's work out something to where we can have an honest to God conversation because you guys would know a lot, uh, uh, more accurately than, than what we would know because I'm at a loss from all that Corey. Um, <laughs> if 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 there's any if there's nothing else in Van Halen news then we
0: can uh just go right into the polls. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. So uh we did uh, two songs on the live show. Uh for the folks that joined us live, thank you very much and for those yeah. that listened afterwards again, thank you. Uh so we did two tracks, both Sammy tracks. Uh, mm. Eagles Fly from live right here right now, which is kind of cool. We wanted to spin one of the the uh, bonus tracks for sure and it was the first thing we spun. We spun it naturally. So uh that did okay, 69.6% what dreams are made of 30.4%. This dream is over. That's a little, uh, I I would have been more in the high seventies, low eighties for that one. Uh, Yeah. I like, I I, I think that was a great, I like that one better than give to live, which is actually on the album proper. So Mm -hmm. uh, that that one kind of surprised me a bit. How about you, Mark? That's a real big surprise considering, uh, well, but we didn't get a, uh,
3: we didn't get a lot of votes on this particular one. Um, it, not, not, uh, based on the usual amount of voting. So that tells me that not a lot of people were familiar maybe with, uh, mm-hmm. Eagles fly, uh, or the ones that did check it out. were just kind of lukewarm on it. Or then, uh, whoever the 69% are, uh, 0. 0.6 were that said, Hey, that's what dreams are made of. Like, oh, okay, obviously you were just as pleasantly surprised as the rest of us that might not have, uh, been familiar with this tune, but, Nevertheless. Yeah. Um, I'm not super, super shocked by this, uh, poll result, but I am a little bit surprised that, um, cause like you, I would have said at most, maybe in the, uh, mid upper seventies, but certainly not a 69.6%. So that is a very interesting, uh, poll result. So let's, uh, let's hear what the people are saying about it real quick. Um, you guys, if you want your uh, tweet guaranteed read on the show, the tweets uh, that uh, are the poll results, then join our Patreon. You'll get them for sure Join. So I'm going to start with uh, one of our number one fellas. We have many number ones, but uh, here's one of them, Kevin Brown. And uh, he couldn't join us for the live show. So instead, he sends us a, and I'm quoting him, a Samifesto. <laughs> so here we go. Time for a hashtag Samifesto. Uh If I had a time machine that could also jump locations, I'd go back in time to be at this concert just so I could have seen this performance. No kidding. Uh, this is for me one of the best five or so vocal performances Sammy ever gave live. Uh, the way he, his voice cracks at the end adds even more pathos to the whole piece. Before I ever saw the video, I actually thought he was playing a 12-string because of how rich the tone is. It sounds even better on this vinyl reissue. Uh, have to disagree with the panel that the balanced version is superior. For me, this blows it away. I actually agree with that. Uh, it's it's uh, great when the band comes in, but the version online in Toronto, A, the guitar doesn't sound nearly as good. And B, Sammy is so flat on that last fly note. I won't argue. Uh, I remember buying the Jump CD single in the 10 case, and this was one of the additional tracks. I'm pretty sure I had that before I heard the album and had never heard Eagles fly before. I loved it instantly and ha- uh, have ever, and I've loved it instantly and have loved it ever since. It's my favorite Sammy, uh, Sammy solo song by Miles. Miles. And then he concludes with, I get the argument some would make it uh some would make uh that it's not really a Van Halen song, but it's absolutely perfect midset palette cleanser. And Sammy just absolutely nails it to the wall. One of my all-time favorite live recordings and definitely not re-recorded. Hashtag what dreams are made of. Do you agree with the sentiment that, uh, Kevin says, uh, the, both of you, uh, about this being, uh, the, that live Eagles fly superior to the recorded version.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, I, I agree with that sentiment. And, uh, I kind of see where he's coming from on the balance one too, like, uh, especially on that flat fly note at the end, but I do like mm-hmm. when the band kicks in, that's why I think I would kind of gravitate towards that one, but I can definitely, uh, I definitely know where Kevin's coming from. Uh, all time favorite live recordings, definitely not re-recorded um i hope that's true i know sammy said in his book he had to re-sing the entire concert but i'm hoping that they lifted this from the concert and they didn't use the, the re-record on it. it certainly sounds like it's uh live uh, on the night so uh, i i get where kev's coming from how about you josh
1: well i i'd say i have to agree I mean, it's probably my favorite sammy song of his of his career mm. you know uh combining montrose van Allen, and his solo uh yeah, I think that's one song that he really, uh, you know, it, it uh, touched a lot of people, or maybe not a lot of people, but it certainly uh, is a standout. And hearing a uh, raw kind of uh, naked version of him just up there with an acoustic guitar, Yeah, know, it's pretty busy.
0: Yeah. You also so uh, failed to mention, uh, Mark, that Kevin also did a little uh, artwork for us uh, oh, for yeah. Scott Kahaskin <laughs> And his album, You Did Me Last Night, and he put a cow in there too. In the ou yeah. yeah, I didn't know there.
3: how to describe that. <laughs> so I was just like, ah, just, you guys, uh, go, go head over to our Twitter uh, and the podcast will Rock and check under the poll results for Eagles Fly. It's right there up front. Uh, Kevin Brown's awesome artwork with, uh, yeah, <laughs> the OU812 and uh, the cow. Oh, that's fine. Or no, I'm sorry. Was, uh, yeah. Uh, Let's see And a lot of the tweets in this uh, poll result uh, we had uh, on the panel with us. So I'll just skip over those real quick. But Jeff Brewer says I didn't downvote it. But if I f- was forced to downvote a certain percentage, uh, it- this one probably would go down. It's a good song and performance, but it's not really Van Halen. And it's not one of the Van Halen songs that I'm immune from feeling fatigued due to overexposure. Uh interesting he said he didn't downvote it and yet did not have a high praise review so i guess it was for jeff good enough um and that's fair that's totally fair um mm-hmm. but but that's uh yeah it's, that's interesting perspective there so uh uh i mean that's that's essentially it i'll just read uh just one more for fun on this one from our friend tar bruster Hey, Tom. Tom's yeah. Tom says I got goosebumps every time the song restarted no higher praise than erect body hair in Van Halen land. Erect a lot of we'll, things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll agree that the full band outro from the balance, uh, uh, pay-per-view is, is, is a hair better, uh, hashtag what dreams are made of. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I, so, I don't know, something about that performance when we were, maybe it was because of, uh, the circumstances of us listening to it. Maybe I was just in the mood for a particular Sammy track that's raw, but I don't know. Eagles fly. This live version really landed with me, but I can understand why people uh, were kind of just sort of meh on it. And the poll results definitely show. So, so there you go. We'll uh, we'll move on from uh, Eagles fly. Uh, Like I said, if you want your uh, tweet guaranteed red, join the Patreon. So moving on. To our other song that we covered, as uh Corey mentioned, we did Pound Cake from live here right now. Corey, uh oh, I'm just gonna tell you right now, this did not, this, this did not land where I thought it was going to land. Uh, because I was thinking maybe this with all the manifestation manifestations in the past, uh, with all the t- talk, the chatter, that pound cake would be one of the upper high voted top tier van halen tracks that we've done this is kind of surprising because yes the majority voted what dreams are made of but only an 89.1 whilst 10.9 almost 11 percent, voted this
0: dream is over your thoughts and concerns please I, I got to think maybe it's just the, the live version. Maybe it didn't mm. land with some people. Maybe some people agreed with me that they kind of wish that the uh, uh, we had the uh, rhythm riff underneath the solo like we do in the recorded version. I know some people, uh, I didn't explain that very well. And actually, uh, I, I got to thank our, our our good friend, um, Mr. Brewer, for, for calling me out. Uh, I, I don't mean that Sammy should be playing guitar on any Van Halen records. He definitely shouldn't. And if he doesn't like playing guitar, absolutely, he shouldn't be playing guitar uh, live either. I'm just saying I miss that riff. Uh, underneath the solo of pound cake in the live setting. I mean, the good part is you get to really hear Eddie fucking nail that solo. It's a fantastic solo in hear Mikey just going to town on that bass. but I just missed the main riff underneath. That's all. That's all I was getting at there. Maybe a few people agreed with me decided ah, I'm just going to downvote the live one when they spin the, uh, the record version That'll be my big upvote, But yeah, I still thought this should be 95.5 easy, right? They, they should challenge, you know, Little Guitars, which is still 98.6, <laughs> that our leading vote getter. It should challenge that for the top vote getter, right? 89% is just criminal. I mean, it's, yeah, it,
3: criminal, That that's definitely a word for it. But I mean, this is not the first time uh, we have been burned by poll results that we thought were uh, were a sure thing. But nothing is ever sure in the uh, fandom community of Van Halen, as it turns out. So um, I just I I have to know what people are saying. Uh, Matt LaCasse says the Eddie call and response on the live pod nails it. Uh, His own best rhythm guitar player. Great, great show opener. Hashtag what dreams are made of. So there you go. There's some positivity. I mean, we're probably going to see a lot of positive notes uh on this poll results given that it is 89 percent what dreams are made of but still i'm very curious to see if anyone from this uh uh uh, from the results say otherwise um again we had a lot a lot of people on the panel discuss this song so i'll kind of go through them but uh sean from sean geek and fast red podcast sean McGinnity, what's up he says this song has alex and mikey with a driving rhythm a splash of cheesecake from sammy and fucking Ed on a fucking drill. I mean, come on. I saw them on this tour, opening with this song, and man, did they sound so fine. I don't doubt it. I mean, just the drill alone, man. I would just, I would just be losing my mind. Like, I, I know what that. Is. I know what that means. I know what it means. It's awesome. Uh, it just, uh, I, again, I've never gotten to see Van Halen live, and I never will, and that's sad. But I can imagine, especially a younger me, seeing that and hearing it uh, live would be pretty transcending at least for me so uh, good call there uh sean mm-hmm. uh our friend kevin brown once again here he goes he says banging version of a killer song i don't mind the solo without the rhythm in the, a live setting i think it gives ed's part more room to breathe also the lyrics are punk as fuck how un <laughs> how uncool was it to write a monogamous love song over this track, even if he wasn't living it? <laughs> Hashtag what dreams are fucking made of. And such <laughs> killer vocals from Sammy. Top ten Van Halen for this guy. So there you go. Uh, and a, an astounding uh, standing ovation from Kevin Brown on this song. Um, let's see. Moving on now. Let's Jeff Brewer says despite I sure love my baby's pound cake being Sammy's laziest and most blatant, uh, (laughs) A pudendal metaphor. This song is undeniably good. Ed's not doing a shared uh, or he's not doing a shred clinic here. He's just showing off his natural ability to create incredibly interesting music. Ed's first official wah pedal use. Ed did use a little wah pedal in his Cabo Wabo solo, but it was very subtle. And he also made use of his guitars, his new guitars, neck pickup a lot on this album. True. True. Before this album, most of his signature guitars only had one working pickup. I do prefer his playing without the wah pedal. I mean, yeah, because uh, I think I think um, it's easy to kind of get uh, unflattered or feel oversaturated with the wah pedal because people like uh, Jimi Hendrix did it so often, but did it so well and sort of made it his thing. So <laughs> now these days, uh, or even a few. Many years ago, uh, hearing people use, overuse the wah pedal and overuse this subjective, but follow me here. The overuse of the wah pedal gave people maybe a uh, bad taste in their mouth, so to speak. Corey, Josh, whenever you hear uh, the wah pedal being utilized in a uh, in a given rock song, do you immediately think of Jimi Hendrix or are you just following the song?
1: Uh, I don't think of Hendrix. I, I do think that there's times certain guitar players will hide some sloppy playing behind it <laughs> array of notes. I won't mention anyone. And um,
3: it's me, it's me, Josh. It's okay.
1: But it's another tool. It's another voicing. I, I do like, um, on the particularly the Cabo wabo solo, Ed used a little wah on that those more as a filter mm-hmm. and you can hear it inflect a little bit, a real subtle way. Um, you know, I, I, I say, you know, just whatever you need to do to get your, your point across, you know, use it. No, don't limit yourself.
0: That's a good point. You know, I don't. I don't think of Jimmy Hendrix. I usually think of Kirk Hammett. Ah, yeah. Well, <laughs> also yes. So maybe that, Zach Wild, well, right?
3: Uh, yeah, yeah. Zach, Zach is. Um, <laughs> I almost said he's he's toned down on uh, using the WA a lot these days, but that is not true. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> Zach Wild, Hammett, and uh, and Hendrix. They, those are your. <laughs> your wah pedal trifecta, but uh, <laughs> there's so many more. Uh, Chaz Mataz says, Any downvotes gonna pound you right in the cake hole? Well, Chaz, uh, prepare your pounding fist because uh, there's a lot of cake holes that decided that this was not what dreams are made of. So have at it, buddy, and let us know how it goes. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. Greg Zito was on the uh, was on the panel, Scott Monroe, all them. So, there, yeah, there you go. We can uh, Move on. Actually, I'll uh, I'll read this one from our friend Gene Hickey. Absolute killer version of one of my favorite Van Halen songs. I selfishly wanted another Eddie solo as they worked toward the big ending, but that is in no way a complaint. Uh and then, oh, and he congratulates me because, uh, I guess I, I really wanted to, uh, manifest the song that was true. So there we go. Oh, unless he's congratulating me on, uh, my recent engagement. I'm not sure. I th- uh, I think that was it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Either way. Thank you. So there you go. Um, uh, those are some of the tweets from our, from our polls again, you guys, if you want your oh, uh, tweet, you know, yes. Mike Griffith's brand new patron. Oh. we should read his tweet, right? Did I miss it? Where
0: so. did you
3: go? Oh, there you are. My bad, Mike Griffith, new Patreon. Uh, trust me, I'll, I'll get you. Uh, I'll have you on the regular rotation, my guy. He says, I played the shit out of this track f- when For Unlawful came out. I was at the uh, uh, Right Here, Right Now show first night and like a true high school fanboy breaking the t-shirt rules, I proudly wore my Van Halen pound cake definition t-shirt during the show van hagar in their prime here's the thing man i know and this is me speaking as a a musician in town of a you know highly acclaimed music city i know the rule about uh you're not supposed to wear the shirt of the band you're going to go see the thing is people don't take into account you're buying merch at the show are you expected to just hold that merch in your hand the entire time and by merch i mean like if you buy a t-shirt You buy a shirt, you're just going to hold it and just be awkwardly hold it. Or can you just throw it on top of uh, what you got going on? And if you don't want to throw it on top, then, okay, go to the restroom real quick, take off whatever shirt you got on, throw on the new one and then throw the old one back over it so that people don't know. So it's a secret. It's a secret you have. Um, I just, but I did all that to say, I've never understood why that rule is so bad. Like I don't even know who made that rule. I think uh, some
0: pretentious snobs out there made that rule but, you know who uh, didn't make the rule no musicians because if i'm not a musician yeah. but if i was performing a show and i looked on the crowd and i saw a bunch of kids wearing my shirt that'd uh-huh. be pretty fucking cool like i i never understood that rule either if i'm going to a, a van halen show i want to wear a van halen shirt like, exactly you know, yeah it, it, it's snobby butt fuckers sure they might be all oh it's not cool to wear the fucking band. yeah it is yeah it is and good on you mike <laughs> wearing your pound cake definition shirt to live right here right now show that's fantastic
3: it is and it also says to uh the band and uh like and i'm speaking from experience here if i'm in a band and i see you out in the crowd wearing the shirt uh that tells me hey you bought money you paid money for that shirt you're supporting us you and I can I actively see you are supporting this group so that's awesome I want to see more of it it'll put me in a better mood so and I, I can guarantee you most musicians feel that way so really the only people that think it isn't cool are pretentious fans so stop it just stop it if you want to wear the shirt of the band you want to go see just wear it
0: they are yeah. not going to like call you out I promise no Josh where do you land on that whole thing
1: uh, if you're opposed to that, you know, go smoke a blunt with some carpet. in it. <laughs> all a carpet blunts. There you
3: go. Mm. But uh, yeah, all that to say, wear your shirt, wear whatever you shirt at whatever show you want to and listen to Van Halen. So that's right. There you have it. Those are the poll results from our live shows. Thank you everyone who tweeted. If you want your tweet guaranteed red, join our Patreon. It will happen. So thank you very much. And now Corey time to get to the main meat of the show and we do that by starting with everyone's favorite take a drink please manifestations there we are I tell you uh these are getting a little bit more tricky the the further along we go down the the wheel the more songs uh we take off the wheel and we land on because uh we've called I mean we've called our shot you especially Corey you've called your shot uh several times now and uh I've gotten a few songs I've been wanting to hear. So now it just comes to like, God, what do I manifest now? Uh, I'm going to start with you, Corey.
0: What particular Van Halen are you just itching for for this show? Well, I tell you what, and I don't want to say too much, but um, I may be starting another podcast and I may be starting another podcast with a fellow by the name of Kevin Brown. Kevin Brown loves the kinks and I like the kinks too. (laughs) And I'm thinking it's time for you really got me from Van Halen 1. So that's my manifestation. I just kind of want to go through our Discord server, which all yep. of our uh, patrons have access to, and they can post their manifestations. So Scott Monroe wants to hear Little Dreamer. Man, I wouldn't be opposed to that at all. Right on. Uh Ryan Powell wants to hear Aftershock. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Brewer wants to hear uh, that trash filler song, The Dream Is Over. And that's a bit of an inside joke because someone on our Twitter who's never heard the show uh, saw our poll and said, oh, the dream is over. That's just trash <laughs> album filler yo, like, yeah, oh, Okay, God. buddy. Whatever. Thanks um, a lot. Thank you for your yeah. input. <laughs> and uh, Kevin Brown actually wants to—he uh, wants to manifest Amsterdam. Given recent events, it seems fitting to him. Aww. So I guess in honor of your pending nuptials, uh, mm-hmm. he wants to hear the show that's going to bring Christy back onto the show. So those are their manifestations. We got Josh on here with us here tonight. Josh, what's you in the mood for, my friend? Uh,
1: let's do hang hang 'em high.
0: Ooh, yeah, you're very hang-em-high. nice. Hang 'em high. down. Love it. Have
3: yeah, that one ready to go, yeah. I am also going to uh manifest a Van Halen one track, and it's one I believe I've manifested before, but you know how I do if I really want to hear it, I really want to talk about it, then uh, I'm just going to keep doing it. So, Jamie's crying, I'm ready to hear some Jamie's crying. That'll be uh, I just it's just that eh, I think that one's worth talking about. That's what I'll say. So, gonna manifest those. We've got two for Van Halen one, uh, we will either get very close or way, way off as we are one to do here with this wheel, because the wheel be fickle, but there you have it. Our manifests are locked in. We are ready to spin the wheel. Uh, Corey,
0: if, uh, Sammy's ready, if you're ready to prime it, let's do it. Yeah, let's get, I'm going to give it a shuffle here. Uh, let's see. Sean has four letters. Luna has four letters. Let's do this one for Luna. Pick something good. Let's go. One, two, M-A-R-K. three, four. And or, I guess, Here we go. <laughs> Oh, I think it's going to be a balanced track. Oh, it's very close. No, No, it's actually Girl Gone Bad from 1984. All right. And actually, the last time we spun a 1984 track, Mark, this was a long, long time ago. I forgot to play the instrumental before Jump of 1984. Oh, did you? (laughs) Yeah, I promised listeners, I said, the next time we spin a 1984 song, I'll play the instrumental 1984 before it. So we're getting a little bonus here tonight, folks. You're going to get 1984 and then Girl Gone Bad. A little twofer
3: uh before we begin with that, I'll just uh ask uh Josh without uh without I guess tipping your hat or uh you know showing your hand uh it, anything you want to add to uh Girl Gone Bad or talk about uh right before we go into the the song?
1: Well uh Girl Gone Bad is probably um probably one of my favorites <clears throat> solo sections Van Allen's ever performed. I mean all the instruments underneath it are mm. just it's amazing. It's it's kinda like um if if there was a time that you if if there was a correlation between cream and van halen that's probably Mm. that section there probably uh probably best epitomizes it
3: that's a really that's a a, a cool connection to make there and you i had i guess i've never really uh i'm trying to remember the last time i actually listened to girl gone bad and i'm i'm trying to pull the, that section into my brain. Uh, uh it, all right. It'll be, that'll give me something to look forward to, to really listen to. Let me see if I can hear the, uh, the, the cream sort of connection or, uh, or what have you, or maybe just the vibe. The vibe yeah. I'd be, yeah, I'd be very, very, very interested in that because, uh, cream was a great band. So.
0: There you have it. Uh, well, Girl Gone so, Bad yeah, yeah. is the uh, eighth right. track off of 1984 um i think uh, let me just look this up here thanks to our good friend cj chilvers at the van halen encyclopedia he says yeah. eddie got the inspiration for the song's main riff while on tour in south america in 1983 uh, not wanting to wake his sleeping wife while in their hotel room he slipped into the closet and hummed the riff into a pocket cassette recorder <laughs>
3: <laughs> so that's that
0: thoughtful was, that was before uh voice
3: memos on our iphones <laughs> yeah. you had to do it the hard way kids that's how we used to roll
0: And it kind of appropriate, uh, we were talking about the 40th anniversary of the us festival. I believe Van Halen premiered the song uh, instrumentally at the us festival. Oh, wow. And you uh, you really have no recollection of this one, do you Mark? Uh, I
3: mean, no, I I know I've heard it and I can uh, uh, hear a lot of it in my brain, but uh, I was just trying to find this, the particular section that Josh is talking about. And my, my brain decided no you don't you don't quite know how that sounds so uh
0: it'll come back to me all right well before we get to a uh, girl gone bad let's play 1984 from 1984 right on <laughs> So a little weird, that's not leading right in the jump as it does uh, on the album yeah. but
3: <laughs> <laughs> i know it's like it's it's all right there but uh yeah that that, that was our whoops we forgot to do that um <laughs> nevertheless though it's uh i like that it's very very simple just very little little interlude right before we get a little a little bit of a synth to warm you up before you get the main synth uh song from uh, Van Halen so hey look You guys, all of those who, uh, might not have been so crazy about the song jump because it's, uh, more of Eddie on keys than guitar. He was warning you in this, uh, in the 1984 track, he was warning you what was coming ahead. So you, you only have yourself to blame for uh, being surprised that jump was going to be so synth heavy. So, you know, look at it that way.
1: If the Brown sound could be applied to keyboards (laughs) and synth, this would be it, um, because in this era, almost all the, you know, keyboard sounds were kind of tinny and this, <laughs> yeah. this is really, it's, it's thick and it, it doesn't leave me cold. Like most synth, synth sounds from that time.
0: Yeah. Good call. The synth sounded great. Again, mm. top notch production from Ted Templeman. A uh, great way to kick off the album. I and mean, normally he would lead into jump, but tonight it's going to lead into girl gone bad. <laughs> What do you think of that intro there, Mark? It's almost like they're playing almost three different tempos. Like Alex on the cymbals is really dee, 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 right, and then uh, Eddie's a little slower on the guitar, and, and Mikey's kind of in between the two on the bass. That was kind of cool.
3: Yeah, it was. I mean, it, it definitely feels like a uh, a big setup for something uh, something bigger, you know? Because it, yeah, it's if you also notice, and maybe it's just because of uh, how we're listening to it via streaming. I don't know, but uh, the the sound quality of it is kind of, uh, sounds a bit subtle, sounds a little subtle. Like it's kind of just waiting in the wings a little bit and, uh, it's going to grow. It's going to grow, go, grow. Uh, but that is, yeah, as you say, it's all, it does almost feel like a uh, three different tempos and then, uh, merging into one. Hey, that's the beauty of Van Halen for keeping it interesting. Not just doing all the, the paint by numbers riffing that they can do and, do very very well more so than others, um, but this one in particular, yeah, I, I guess I hadn't really thought of it until you just mentioned it. It's like, yeah, they are all three of them are kind of just doing their own thing and just gradually building up to uh, converge, if you will. What do you think, Josh?
1: Uh, th- this is part of my cream references. How all three Aha, of you are, okay, okay. are doing something separately. Um, you know, I'm sure you know tell, directing Ginger Baker was a, probably a difficult thing to. You know, why don't you play like this and probably tell you, why don't you go fuck off? Probably. uh, So, uh, but yeah, this is, uh, this, I, I just picture, uh, uh, a guy putting on his gloves and his hand slowly balling into a fist and someone's going to get their ass kicked and, uh, yeah, this is a great intro.
3: So right away, we take a look at uh, Dave's lyrics on this one. He's uh, giving us a pretty clear image of what we're supposed to uh, understand about girl gone bad. Uh, but here's the thing we at and the pe- podcast will rock are not here to uh, to kink, shame, sex workers. We're not here to uh, uh, shame anybody for for what profession they might be a part of. So I don't know if I'm going to say girl gone bad because of uh, circumstances that this song would have us believe. Nevertheless, I get it. I get, uh, I get, I understand what Dave's trying to say because he's painting a very clear image. And sometimes Dave is really good about that. What do you think so far about, uh, these, these opening lines?
1: Yeah, I think this, this is one of the few lyrics that one of the lyrics by Dave that is straightforward. Uh, there isn't any, uh, double meaning. This is basically, you know, sounds like, sounds like the same girl that was on, uh, Journeys Don't Stop Believing took a little dark twisted turn on in this song. And uh she's buying another way to pay the bills.
0: I just read something <laughs> funny online. Somebody's looking at the context of the song saying, Girl doesn't want to be with me, she must be a prostitute. There's no other explanation. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah, that, that. That's yeah. Clear.
3: yeah, yeah. He would <laughs> he would go down the road. And you know, as as the song continues on, yeah, like it's that certainly uh can be an
0: interpretation of what he's saying here but especially in the second verse when you get to the when we right that's what i mean hear the lyrics it really makes sense then musically mark is this uh, like top of the level for this album like uh they're really cooking here
3: yeah that's and that's exactly what this is is uh is a cook i mean it's just like it's just absolute uh van halen rocking the best way i it's it's hard for me to really describe it other than say like, it sounds like a Van Halen rock song, you know, because like it has all the, uh, and even that that, that's not to say that they pigeonhole themselves into one small little bubble on uh, like this is the Van Halen sound and nothing more like, no, no, no. They've proven that they are a lot more diverse than that. However, when you say it's a, it's, it's a, it sounds like a good standard Van Halen rock riff, You know, standard being a subjective term there, but I mean, this sounds like the stuff that uh, Eddie and Alex do when they're just kind of like playing around They just kind of just digging around and uh, uh, shows their swing side shows Mm -hmm. their rocking side and just like it's utilizing all of their uh, things that they do pretty well. And it's not really. It's not over the top. It's not uh at least so far it's not, and it's not um anything overly complicated. Those those little uh the time signature, I guess, is the same, but uh Eddie, Alex, and and Mike are playing little, you know, different things before they converge into one, which is cool. But uh uh yeah, it's to me this sounds like what you would expect, especially at this point on this album, uh, from a good rockin' Van Halen song. Uh, Josh, you have uh, anything to add to that?
1: Uh, This sounds like something that was birthed out of uh, Dr. Ross' basement. You know, this is, uh, it's got a lot of jamming um, element to it. Uh, At times it sounds like uh, uh, Alex and Ed are kind of egging each other on, like, well, listen to this, Phil. Okay, well, I'll follow that with this. And it's brilliant. I love it.
0: Yeah. Getting lots of Mikey in the mix, too. Uh, yeah. I like hearing oh, that, yeah. too. It's fantastic. All right, I'm going to let Mark talk about the guitar solo, but I was just fascinated by Alex's cymbal work there. And Kevin Brown and I were talking on a on a separate call about something, talking about, you know, the best drummers and, and their use of cymbals and I really loved what Alex was doing on the cymbals. Around. Like it was a little bit of everything, right? He's tapping a little bit, he's really banging the crash at one point. Just fantastic stuff.
3: I I tell you my that's my attention diverted from Eddie to both uh Alex and Mikey because uh they just they don't really I mean Eddie's doing his his, his thing, you know, and we all know what his thing is and he's doing it and he's doing it very well, but Alex and Michael are still just like holding down the rhythm. And yet they, it sounds like they're playing their own solos by their own right. And they're not, they're just keeping the the melody and the rhythm like down packed while Eddie is just ripping and shredding. And um, that's not, uh, that's not easy to do and to keep it cohesive and not like turn out a huge sloppy mess. You have to be really, really good at what you're doing and you have to be uh, musically aware of your structural surroundings, so to speak, uh, to really play in that realm. So overall, is that guitar solo good? I mean, yeah, we'll talk more about it, sure. But I mean, do not, do not sleep on the fact of what uh, the rhythm section is doing in this this song. It's, boy, that swings, that swings so hard.
1: Yeah, this was... uh may have been like one of the one of the peaks that they they've ever reached um, to have that underneath the solo and then it gave i mean i think ed showed uh probably every technique in his um in his bag of tricks outside of there's no whammy bar in this solo but uh right, know, the, yeah. the, the big bends um there was even there's no some dive
3: bombs pick, you know
1: there was some chicken picking in the beginning yeah but, uh you know, it was pretty rare, and then obviously, it's kind of a tip to the hat to his Holdsworth influence was all over it. So, yeah, I, this is probably if they've ever reached perfection, this is pro- one of the many times they have.
3: Perfection, he says.
0: <laughs> Hard to argue What did you think about that, that section there, Mark, where, you know, it's nice and nice and soft and builds and builds and builds and you get this great feeling of tension and then bang right back into the chorus.
3: You know how I said they are, uh, uh versatile and dynamic. It's like, here's a very good example of that. Um, because it feels like a, uh, a break from the solo, like, ah, oh, we're going to go back into the song subtly, but no, they, they make you work for it. You know, they make you really tune in and they keep your attention, keep your attention on it uh, to make sure you don't leave what is uh in the middle of what's happening right now. It's like, we'll get back to the chorus. We'll get back to you know everyone singing along, but first like, wait for it, wait for it. You have to earn it. Um, It's a nice, uh, it's a brilliant way to, I don't want to say subvert expectations because I don't know, at this point, I don't know if that's what exactly they're doing, but they're just showing you that they are, um, you know, they, they have dynamics as a band, you know, if you, in case you forgot at this point in their career, in case you forgot how dynamic of a band they were, here's a great example. That, that those are my thoughts.
1: And, um, you know, the contrast from, you know, an insane solo section, to building back up mm-hmm. to what's going to be another huge cor- you know, I don't know what it, what would you even label that part as, but, uh, yeah, I'm running out of super superlatives. It's, it's,
3: it's- like a, uh, like a little prelude, so to speak, or like may mm-hmm. or an interlude rather. And, uh, mm-hmm. almost like, uh, the cool down pair, like the, the song as a workout. Here's your cool down right before you go right back into your reps. You know what I mean? Um, or something, something of the sort, that's what it felt like to me. It's like, yeah, everyone catch a breath because the song really cooks and it really kind of doesn't stop until that point. Um, this is like so. Everyone, you know, take a breather,
0: get you get your energy back up, and then we're getting right back into it. You know what I find interesting too is where it's sequenced on the album. So this came right after "I'll Wait," which is a very keyboard heavy song, very straightforward yeah. kind of song, right? This is a little more almost jazz like, right? It's kind of experimental in sections. It's more of a jam. I think maybe that was by design because
3: maybe they just I. I don't know where their thought process was in terms of uh, being keys heavy on this album. Uh, We know how a lot of the fans reacted towards it, but maybe they were intuitive enough to know that, okay, we're going to do this keyboard heavy song. I'll wait, but then we need to follow it up with something that's like going to get people back to uh, in case, (laughs) in case some of the the diehards are just not into it. They're like, all right, we're going to go take a lap real quick. I was like, all right, well, when you come back, be ready for that next one. Um, so I, I think that uh, that order was by design, personally. I could be
0: wrong, but that's what I think. Well, I think uh, sequencing matters, uh, especially yeah. in the old vinyl days, right? So, uh, oh, oh for Bennett, sure. yeah, he and he was a master of it. So, you, you look at side B of 1984, it's, it starts with Hot for Teacher and then I'll Wait right. and then Girl Gone Bad and then House of Pain. So,
1: that's pretty <laughs> that's amazing. Age, yeah, <laughs> age myself, uh, I was told to when you buy a new album. Flip it and start it on side two. So that's how I heard this record. It was opened oh, mm-hmm. up. That.
0: Well, that's a great opener too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Actually, it's the last song I heard at the gym tonight. I'm doing my lat pull downs and I'm getting pretty tired. All <laughs> of a sudden, you hear the drums All right, I can do this. You're like, all right, I'm back. I'm
3: yeah, back, here we go. I'm back <laughs> in it. <laughs>
0: I expected a big concert uh, uh, extra <laughs> right? it's like here it comes, here comes the symbols. and then nothing.
3: <laughs> nothing. There goes your uh, expectation subversion right there. Well, but I then.
0: love that they give. I love that they gave Alex like that
3: moment where it seems like he was like real, real uh, heavy in the mix right there. That doom, doom, doom. It's like it's like <laughs> put all the mics on the toms real quick. Let me just do something. <laughs> and Templeman's like, sure, whatever. Go ahead. <laughs> um, that in my head, Kenan, That's how that went, but. Uh, there you, know, you just One, it,
0: you one last it. point on the uh, sequencing. Yeah. I'm just looking at the singles from 1984. Uh, I'll wait was the second single. It's B side girls gone bad. Uh-huh. So even on the on the single, this followed I'll wait.
3: That's amazing. Um, again, I think I think uh, I agree with you sequencing matters. And I think that was uh, very s- smart to put that there. Um as, as I said, I, it would, because for those who are, we're not keen on, uh, on the keys and the synth, it's like, okay, fine. Well get through that. And then we'll, I guess, reward you with a, uh, just a grand slam smoking, uh, uh, swing style rock song. Um, and if you don't into that, if you're not into that, then just, uh, I don't know, give the album to somebody else who will enjoy it. Uh, that's the best, best thing I can offer. So, uh, girl gone bad there you have it uh not not a uh master class in lyric writing but still enough to get the point across um from 1984 we now move on to the show where we vote on it so uh we're all aware of this song we all have our uh uh, uh our expectations there um and so now, do we have the same feeling that we had before uh, casting a vote? Josh, man, since you are uh, our our guest slash uh, honorary member of the panel, we start with you, my dude. Was uh, Girl Gone Bad? What dreams are made of? Or was the dream over? Absolutely.
2: Two thumbs up, all
1: the way up.
0: He's uh, run out of superlatives, remember
1: nothing <laughs> enough i there's nothing to even debate here it's if if there's a song that should be one hundred percent which it won't, but there, it, that deserves that hundred percent uh across the board it would be this one
3: yeah we can safely say it will not be a one hundred percent because none of i mean the ones that should be uh have not been so at this point, yeah. I well, think we can. Yeah. Just uh, blame it on the trolls, blame it on the contrarians. I don't know. Just I don't know who to blame it on. Just eh, some sometimes these songs just don't land well with people. But uh, okay. but it landed with you, Josh, because that's a vote up. And then uh, I we move on to Corey. Corey, did this song land with you? Was it was girl gone bad, too bad. And you just you got to wake up from that nightmare. Or uh, was the girl so bad in a good way that that's what dreams are made
0: of? Well, she don't work for free. This real standout on this one is the band. Like uh, David Lee Roth is is fine. He's good on this. Uh, like you said, lyrically, there's not much there. There's only a couple of verses. There's a lot of oohs and owls, a couple of howls. Uh, he's not really contributing a lot. But to me, this is all about Mikey and Alex and Eddie and what they're doing on this track. And they're just fucking killing it. Like, I, I think this is one of musically, one of the standouts on 1984. And maybe of the whole, maybe the whole discography, actually, of, like they're really, really cooking in this section, especially for the first, you know, six albums. Uh, to me, this was musically a real standout for me. And absolutely, you gotta vote what dreams are made of, which means it's gonna get 65% on the poll. But uh Mark Kameyer, <laughs> uh, let's see. Can we make it a perfect three for three? You haven't downvoted a song in a little bit here, my friend. Is tonight tonight, or is this what dreams are made of? Well, <gasps>
3: And I say that because I was very, very close to giving it a um, slight downvote just because I was like, I, there wasn't really a lot, uh, that Dave was, was contributing so hard to where I was like, oh, I mean, I, I have to absolutely vote this yes, because like I'm, I'm blown away. Um, but musically sometimes, uh, and that's not to say that Dave's lyrics are bad on the song. No, as I mentioned, like, they're very simple. they, they tell a very quick story it's very quick because it's not a lot uh to to be discussed there but you know sometimes that's okay in this case it's okay because uh he's not doing the legwork. the band is doing the legwork, as Corey said i, I reiterate everything that uh both of the gen- these gentlemen said um and i would throw in that uh look sometimes uh van halen just got a van halen and uh i think they van halen pretty hard on this song um Would I put this in my top 10 of Van Halen songs? Probably not. However, if someone said this is top five easily, I wouldn't argue because the song smokes. And if you're looking for just like a smoke show of a Van Halen track and you said it's girl gone bad all day. I'm not going to disagree with you because all the right pieces were there. Um, I think the, uh, the unsung here, this is one of those songs where the unsung hero. um, Well, for me, actually it's a tie between, I would have said Alex, but I think it's a tie between him and Mikey really, because uh, Mikey's doing a lot, his galloping the, uh, you know, bass picking method that, uh, uh, with, with your fingers, like call it galloping. He is galloping like the Kentucky Derby on this song. So, uh, big kudos to Michael Anthony on that one, but not to be outdone is, uh, in the rhythm section is Alex Van Halen. Don't sleep on him as a drummer. I've discussed this on the show many a time that I was sort of lukewarm on Alex at best all these years it wasn't until going into the show really diving into these songs uh analyzing them and really listening that i can't believe how wrong i was so do not sleep on uh alex's technique as a drummer because he will surprise and amaze you with uh some of the stuff he's doing it's uh really really remarkable and of course eddie van halen is Eddie Van Halen. What more could I possibly say about him for this, uh, for this particular track? But it was very close. You guys, it was very close for me going kind of like, uh, ah, I just kind of, I don't know how I feel about it, but then, but the music saved it. And sometimes the music can do wonders. If you're not uh, feeling it lyrically, vocally, or, you know, whatever um, sometimes just that little bit can save it. And uh, whatever that little bit was for me to upvote it, it worked. Therefore, It's a clean sweep all around. That's what dreams are made of for girl gone bad.
0: Oh, you know what that sound
3: means? That sound means Mark's either going to do really okay or really terrible because Corey likes to make me play this game.
0: That's right. We're going to find out how many times did Van Halen (laughs) perform girl gone bad in their career. And we're going to start with Mark Meyer. Mark, how many times do you think Van Halen played this song? A whopping 150 times. 150, 150. All right. Remember, this is price is right rules. You have to get closest to the actual number without going over. Josh, how many times do you think Van Halen performed Girl Gone Bad?
1: I'm going 112.
0: 112? Well, you actually win both showcases because you're within 10. It's 118. Oh. Hey, Josh Caldwell wins it. Good shot. Yeah. Good job, my friend. Yeah, 118 times they played it. Uh, obviously, 101 times in 1984, and 17 times in 2012. So it wasn't a oh, mainstay wow. of the 2012 uh, tour, uh, but it, it stuck around for 17 shows. It probably cooked a little
3: too hard, and you know, as as the boys got uh, a little bit older, maybe it was uh, <laughs>
0: difficult. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, after a certain age, it's hard to get up. You know. <laughs> Sometimes, I would know. Uh, like, I'm told by John Mariano yeah. that after you reach a certain
3: age. Well, of course, yes. Uh, <laughs> sometimes uh, when when you want to rock, you can rock, but you gotta uh, temper that rock because you can only do so much. <laughs> Happens to the best of us, I'm sure. But there you go, 118 times you said. Well, if uh, and, and I don't and I don't blame them for um, not putting it on their main show. Like I said, sometimes you know you run out of steam early, and this song sounds like depending on where they might've put it in their set, they might've run out of some steam um, because, you know, they're playing other bangers that go just as hard as this one. Um, That's, that's a lot. That's a lot. Oh yeah, And
0: uh, I'm just looking at a sample set list here. It was deep in the set. It was the 18th uh, after woman in love, but right before beautiful girls. So, Oh boy. Yeah. So no shit. They ran out of steam. (laughs) I would have run out of steam and I'm,
3: you know, significantly younger, but still I'm like, okay, cool. We gotta, we gotta drop one of these like fast paced songs because I'm well, dying out here.
1: Looks like a live without a net. They did a get up and then went into the drum solo. Right.
3: <laughs> Amazing stuff. So there we are. Yeah. Okay. Another one down, dude. Another one from uh, 1984. How many, uh, out of curiosity, I don't know if you have the uh, spreadsheet, uh, up already, Corey, how many left to go in 1984? Do we have? You know what? One House of Pain. The last track on the album is the wow, only one we haven't look done at yet. That. So we're nearly okay. So there's there's one album we're nearly done with. We're nearly done with uh, Van Halen three. We're nearly. I think we're pretty close on uh, Women and Children First, but I could be wrong about that.
0: Yeah, um, I think. Well, if you look at Van Halen one, we still got the most on there. I think we have one. Yeah, two, we have three, so four. many. <laughs> no, Van Halen two. We got a ton. One, two, three, four, five. Oh, man. Women and children, we just got one left and it's, and the cradle will rock. Amazing. That's two left on fair warning. <laughs> Diver Down, we got a few. One, two, three, four off Diver Down. Got a few on that one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 5150, we got the t- uh, three. Good enough, get just up in left, uh, summer yeah. nights. Oh, you ate one, two. We've got uh, three left. Uh, the Fuck album, we should have a few. Yeah. Pound Cakes, Space, yeah, Pleasure Dome, one... and Dream is Over and Tops the World. So we got five off that one. Uh, Bounce, We got a few. Can't stop loving you. Amsterdam, uh, aftershock, take me back, and feeling. And then Van Halen three. We have two left. Just two. Oof. Yeah. Well, uh, in it, a it says kind of to truth, me- just to finish them off. We got five left on that one. Oh yeah, yeah. I got five. Okay. So well, it, it says
3: uh, says to me that uh, in our last uh, few shows for this wheel, uh, we're gonna have a good time because we have got so many of uh, Van Halen one and two to go that uh, <laughs> I'm I'm inclined to believe that uh those last few shows are just going to be you know
0: just us having a blast listening to old school Van Halen nothing wrong with that no our first so, spin of the wheel was Van Halen 1 maybe our last spin of the wheel will be Van Halen 1
3: it very well could be and uh it's still kind of uh kind of breaks my heart that it's that jump is not going to be the last one that we spin because <laughs> that sounds poetic actually but now now i'm thinking it might be more poetic that uh the last one we spin is uh our namesake and that's uh in the cradle will rock yeah so Wouldn't
2: if uh if that that'd be all. the
3: case yeah that that would be hilarious that would be fun and it would uh again be poetic so uh yeah let's it's not will, just uh, just not yeah I, I'd rather not end on uh <laughs> they're not <laughs> in this this iteration of the show on uh a van Halen three song but I don't know in its own way maybe that's poetic maybe if we can get Gary on the show uh for that last one maybe it'll maybe it'll be okay. But uh I'm not uh I'm certainly not manifesting that whatsoever, you guys. Just I'm just uh calling it like it is. That is not how I want this to go down. I want this to go down uh a more in a more fun way. So uh but the, it's not up to us. It's up to the wheel. It's up to uh the rock gods above to bring down uh whatever blessings or misfortunes they want to give us uh but uh lately we've been doing pretty good with that so I'm I think, grateful.
1: I think irony would be uh, ending it on spanked <laughs> <laughs>
3: a little bit of irony, just, just for the sake of, uh, I've been waiting for it for so long, just because I know Corey's not, not looking forward to it. And I just, I'm just, sometimes I, uh, worship chaos and, and uh, chaos <laughs> is fun for me. So, um, but all in due time, all in due time. And, uh, that will wrap it up for us. You guys, Thank you so much uh, to the lurkers in the chat uh, or looking watching us online, our Patreon uh, people again. Hey, you guys join the Patreon. We have a Patreon. Look at uh, the tiers we have available for you. Guarantee you, we have something you will enjoy. And if we don't, let us know. Let us know what you want us to do, uh, and we'll make that happen. We'll find a way to make it happen. It will, uh, you know, if the money's right, of course, you know, that's uh, how the game works sometimes. But look, we're not, not a blow for free. Uh, you know, <laughs> no, Mark. Mark will uh, Mark worked for free for a long time, and it's you know it's time to get a little bit back. But nevertheless, I don't want to get anything back if you guys aren't going to have fun with it. So if you have a fun idea for a show, let us know. And if we don't have a tier for it, we can make a tier. It's That's not right. hard. So head on over to the Patreon and uh, you know show some support. Keep the lights going. Keep us going yeah. because we're having a blast. Uh, doing this show Uh, and we're having a blast meeting uh, you the fans you the 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 patrons everyone including uh, our guest tonight Josh thank you so much for being on the show again uh, this will not be the last time we see you you will be coming up on the show uh, again later on and uh, we're always happy to have you we always love uh, your input thank you Good being here. Hell yeah. So, uh, you guys, uh, we are not the only ones a part of, uh, this sort of a rock and roll podcasting echelon. No, we are part of the deep dive podcasting network and there's a whole slew of them. And you know what? I'm going to let Corey just tell you a bit about, uh, the shows you can expect on the deep dive podcasting network,
0: Corey, if you please. All right, big breath. Here we go. First of all, myself, John Mariano and Scott Haskin do a little show called Backtracks Aerosmith Revisited. John and I also do a show called Backtracks Theme Music. We just celebrated one year on the air with that one, and we celebrated by doing Power of Love from Huey Lewis and the News from Back to the Future. That was a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, Of course, Scott Haskin does the show, You're Right Heap, The Magician's Podcast. Nate and John are good buddies at The Deep Purple Podcast. The Simple Man at Skinnered Reconsidered. Terry T-Bone Mathley at T-Bone's Prime Cuts on the other side. Rye at Sabbath Bloody Podcast. Paul, Joe, and David at In the Lap of the Pods. Andy and Matt at Hawk Binge. Eric and Jonathan at Maiden A to Z. Daniel and Josh at Diary of the Madman, the Ultimate Aussie Podcast. Back from a brief hiatus. They're back recording. Good on them. Ben and Sam at Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers Podcast. George and Hattie at the Judas Priestcast. And I tell you, they're doing a whole string of shows for Pride Month here. Everybody go check them out. I listened to part one today. Uh, yes. Fantastic stuff. They talk about their own journey uh, with their sexuality and they are really getting into a deep dive uh, for pride month. Go check that out. Uh, Clay and Rye at North by South podcast, Greg and Jonathan at so far. So pod. So what Kevin at the Tom Petty project and Kevin again with his buddy Randy at seaside pod review Quinn at Ad volume for all Sav, Nick, Steve, and Mark at rock roulette podcast, Chaz and Greg, At Regarding Lulu, and please uh, remember all of our friends here as well, You're All doomed. the Friday the 13th podcast, the DLR cast, the Bogus Oda show, Pod of Thunder, the recognized symbol of excellence in rock and roll podcasting, Booked on Rock with the legendary Eric Sinich, Dissect That Film, Three's Company 2, a rewatch podcast, and the Sean Geek and Fast Fret podcast. God bless you, Luna. Sleep well, my friend, and thank you all for listening. And
3: uh, be on the lookout for uh, the newest podcast on the Deep Diving Podcasting Network called All Your Podcasts Are Belong to Me, starring Corey Morissette, because he I'm, is
0: taking over the I am entire... Starting, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm starting the Corey Morissette podcast universe, the CMPU. The C M P and I realize that <laughs> makes me sound like I stink, but I'm okay with it. C
2: M P
3: U. Yeah.
0: Hey, <laughs> the uh, the the compu.
3: There we go. Yeah, there like go. everyone, everyone join us. I uh Kevin Brown, I would like a shirt. Uh designed. Well, he's working on uh, this, it. My
0: wife already requested one. He's working C-M-P-U. on it. <laughs> yes. All right. I want that <laughs> shirt.
3: I want I want to wear it around town. I want people to see it. People need to know. Uh, yeah, because Corey is taking over the airwaves <laughs> <laughs> this he, is taking you're... over the airwaves one one show at a time but right. by god it's going to be all the shows just you wait uh you can find us at uh at podcast will rock on twitter and uh and the podcast will rock on facebook uh you find me at mark the bat on twitter and and instagram uh most of the time i just talk about uh how you know, terrible my state is and uh, sometimes some nerd shit. And then sometimes if you catch me in a good mood, I'll talk some Van Halen with you. But uh, nevertheless, go to Podcast Will Rock at Twitter or at Podcast Will Rock on Twitter. That's usually the most interactions you'll get from us when concerning the band Van Halen. So once again, thank you all so much for being part of this. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Keep on at it. Speaking of uh uh my my hometown that that just you know breaks my heart but still keeps me going on occasion, June 24th, shameless plug here. Uh the welcome to the apocalypse 2023 show. Uh longtime local band Voodoo Prophet is playing their return slash goodbye show uh in nashville uh, they were a mainstay in the nashville metal scene for quite some time and uh they were back together to play a one-off show probably for the last time so they're playing a whole slew of all of their repertoire and they will have a special guest joining them on stage including yours true, truly so come watch me do some uh, vocals for voodoo prophet and uh if you're not sick of seeing me there on that same show we've got a whole cavalcade of other muppets and uh wacky musicians playing that night including vulgar display of nashville a tribute to pantera rose of sharon a tribute to kill switch engage featuring yours truly uh we're also featured with uh some other original local bands sidewinder cadence blackwood and summon the moon all from the uh the Music City Hero Coalition. Uh, all the the proceeds will be heading to uh, to charity, uh, to you know to help uh, little kids get uh, some stuff that they need because you know sometimes uh, kids are out in a big bad way. So uh, come support an awesome show for a band that is uh, saying hello and goodbye all at the same time and doing it for a nice cause. And it's always fun to get up on stage and perform with some friends. So if you're in the Nashville area, June 24th at the Exit Inn in Nashville, Tennessee, come and check that out. I'm sure I'll talk about it again and uh, stay tuned for other shows that we've got coming up. So on behalf of Corey, on behalf of Josh, we are, and the podcast will rock and we will rock you later.